Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Welcome to season three of the Empowered Hormones podcast, episode number 46. I am just blown away that uh, this is, yeah, number 46. So you might wonder how the seasons work and actually I don't really know. I kind of make it up as I go. Um, But with the seasons for me, it's a mindset thing. So it's not that I focus on different things in each of the seasons, but it's actually more of if I finish a season, then I feel like I can take a couple weeks off to regroup, reorganize and get ready for the start of what I call my next season. So there's no, yeah, don't feel like you're missing something between season one, two, three. It's just a mindset shift for me because if I feel like I'm, uh, I have to record constantly and recording takes, you know, quite a bit of work and there's editing and it's got to go on the website and upload and push out to the platforms, uh, make sure I've got all my notes and stuff. It's If I'm getting guests on, it's uh, easier on my end because I kind of just need to come up with the questions, but then you're still organizing times and days and some people are uh, overseas or interstate. So then, you know, I might be recording at weird hours in the morning or late at night. So each episode, there's a lot more that goes on besides just the, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes that you get to listen to. Uh, so when I pop into seasons just for my headspace, I can go, cool, okay, I've got a couple weeks break and it just means I can breathe a little bit to regroup and get organized to make sure I've got the next um, few sorted because anyone who knows me knows that I'm super organized Uh, so I like to know a couple weeks out who's coming on that it's been edited that's been recorded and uploaded so that if I say podcasts are coming out on Wednesday that podcasts are coming out on Wednesday so that's just kind of how it works with the seasons Um, but what's been happening Flip like what a crazy year I can't believe we're the start of November already. So we've had two rounds of the Gut Health Solutions. So the first one was a 12-week program at the beginning of the year. I've changed it, improved it, modified it, made it into an amazing six-week program, which I'm actually three weeks into with the women. We've got a beautiful group of amazing women going through the changes there together. Learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. They're learning a lot. Um, Basically, they get a module every week which has some information so say you know last week focused on digestion so they get some tips some pointers about digestion some foods that are going to support digestion supplements that might support digestion reasons why you have poor digestion what it feels like what it can lead to um so yeah that's been super interesting to be able to see those changes take place and to help give across I guess you know information that can be implemented past the six weeks and that's what I keep saying like this is not a quick fix like I'm not here for a six-week detox or diet or elimination or anything like that it's about making sustainable changes and finding your triggers so that you can then with the second half of the program so weeks um 
it'll be four to six we focus on three r's restore rebuild repair um and in those three weeks there's things that women can use long term past the program to keep rebuilding repairing their gut so that you know they can reintroduce those figures because you all know I don't love restrictive diets long term I don't like removing foods long term and the biggest issues I have with the removal of foods is um, often that it's not actually the food causing the issue it's something else but we do blame the food so that's been super fun super interesting or well, halfway through that uh, I've been loving yeah being able to motivate and support these women and see the changes and the things that they struggle with as well has been really interesting and give me lots of insight um, so that's been really great and hopefully we will gear towards kicking off in March end of March next year for another round of, or six weeks of GHS so gut health solutions so make sure you're on the pre-sale list for that so that you do get the pre-sale bonus again because that was emailed out but this time as well which a lot of people took up uh, I have some awesome things lined up for quote unquote if you could see me season three of the podcast so i'm super excited to have some amazing guests um some overseas some international some australian uh to just share with you guys some awesome topics so yeah stay tuned for those coming out each week please give me feedback please um share review the podcast if you can if you're on apple or spotify or somewhere that lets you apple is the best one for doing it um that'll give you a review uh just helps me grow my podcast because i hear so much great stuff from you all in my dms but it's lovely to see that out in the big wide web as well so let's get into episode 46 today we're talking about carbs constipation and calories okay so the reason I've chosen this topic is because it's actually three big ones that have come up recently over the last couple of weeks. A part of it uh, through the women in the gut health solution have really changed their mindset around carbohydrates. Um, constipation because that's an ongoing one that a lot of my one-on-one -on -one clients struggle with. And calories because it's something that I've been playing around with lately. Um, and I just want to share my two cents on that as well. So is there a relationship between carbohydrates and bloating or constipation so let's start there because many women say that they get bloated after eating carbs so let's take a step back first and what are carbohydrates so it's a macronutrient um, but we're basically looking at our fibers our starches and our sugars so essential food nutrients that your body turns into glucose to give you energy so yeah your things like your grains so whether it's gluten-free or containing gluten your fruits your dairy your simple and your complex carbs there are other foods uh, that we include in that as well so legumes nuts seeds all have some component of carbohydrates in them so foods can be broken up either they you know say let something like milk it generally your full cream milk will have uh, some carbohydrates in it, some protein and some fats in it, something like an egg won't have any carbohydrates in it, it'll just have fats and protein in it, and something like fruit, um, very minimal protein and, and no fat, but also a lot of carbohydrates. So depends on the food you know that you're picking up and looking at, but obviously carbohydrates come in different numbers in each different food. So 
We do know that a lot of people do get uh, bloating after eating gluten, which is, you know, um, we say gluten in itself, but generally it's a carbohydrate-filled food like bread or pasta or pizza or something. That's when I tend to see it the most. It's not so common that in someone like myself who has a gluten intolerance, if I eat, say, Vegemite, which has a bit of gluten in it, I will get bloating and I will get stomach pain, but that's not usually the cause. If women say to me, oh, I'm getting bloating, often it comes from other things, like either the high FODMAP food in itself, like it was too much gluten, um, so too much of that, that, type, that type of FODMAP, to keep it simple. Go back to the FODMAP episodes and listen through that if, if you feel a little bit confused. Um, but yeah, usually it's the type of food or the amount of starches or what the body's trying to break down rather than the protein of gluten itself. So do you have bloating? Now, bloating's a tricky one because it feels different for everyone, but generally the wording I will hear from women is the belly feels full and it feels tight and they also can feel gassy, okay? So not everyone will see it. Um, it depends, I guess, down to your body fat percentage. If you're really slim, then you will definitely see bloating. Um, medium, you will still see some bloating, but some women don't actually see it. They go, oh, I can't, I don't look bloated, therefore I must not be bloated. But that's not always true because if you have a bellyache or sometimes you have excruciating pain, that can be the bloating itself. For me, yes, it's the tightness, it's the pain, it's the tenderness to touch. Um, I don't always feel constipated, but sometimes it is that bloating. And, you know, if you're working out and you're trying to eat well, then when you're blowing up, like if your belly is blowing up a couple sizes every day or so, it can have a really adverse effect on your self-esteem because you feel fat, you feel uncomfortable, you feel ill, you might feel a bit nauseous, you're burpy, you can't eat properly. Sometimes it is linked to that constipation and quote-unquote, <laughs> IPS, so irritable bowel syndrome. I'm not laughing because um, so often I rant on about how IBS is a BS diagnosis because we know that it's a collection of symptoms uh, like loose stools, constipation, bloating, stomach pain. So it's not a medical diagnosis in a sense that you could, you know, just give you your diagnosis and off you go goodbye. There's there's a lot more we want to dig into parasites and bacteria and yeast. But anyway, I digress, I digress. Go back to that episode and listen to that one. But everyone's feeling of bloating may be slightly different and their symptoms may be slightly different. And if you go to your GP, they might actually test you for Crohn's, colitis, celiac disease. Um, so they will try to rule out some of those big picture things, which are really, really important to know because if you do have one of those medical diagnoses, you do need to get to the bottom of that as well. And when I see GI map come in, like the, um, if you've done stool testing with me or you've thought about doing it and you've looked at the sample reports, you'll see at the top it looks for blood, it looks for mucus, so it's looking for some of those real big um, trigger things. Like if there was blood or mucus on your stools or there was a lot of inflammation, I would definitely be referring you to a GP to go and get that looked out because you just never know what's going on there. And you know, some people can have a little bit of stomach pain or a little bit of bloating and actually have really bad GI maps, but typically I will see 
the worse your symptoms are, often the worse your GI map. But in saying that, sometimes you're really symptomatic and you don't have any big markers on your GI map. You just have a lot of low good gut flora. So it's really important to get that testing done sometimes if you've been struggling with gut symptoms for, for years. Uh, so circle back around. Is it the carbs causing your bloating? So is it the carbohydrates in itself or is it just the gluten or is it just the FODMAPs? That's the kind of thing that you've got to start to pull apart and, and understand because if you're not digesting fats well, you'll get maldigestion, you'll get loose stools. So often your stools will get greasy or they'll float because you don't have enough bile production sorry, and you're not breaking things down properly. So they will kind of essentially pass through you. Um, if you're not digesting protein well, you often I hear women say that they kind of feel it like they'll eat a heavier meal and they feel really uncomfortable and sore in the stomach. This can be due to low stomach acid as well. Sometimes digestive enzymes or adding a bit of um, HCL or even bile will help break down these fats and protein a bit better and women will feel better from it. But when it comes to carbohydrates, which we're focusing on today, the fiber in the carbs are usually hard to digest. So that they do take a bit of work. You need, in Ayurvedic medicine, they call it um, digestive fire. So you need a good, strong digestive system to break down these carbs. So if you feel like your digestion has been a bit off, so if you're a bit farty, if your poos aren't as regular, then cutting back on the starches can help because you're removing some of that work for your digestion, okay? So how do we cut back starches? What does that look like? So starch is a carbohydrate, so it's naturally found in many grains and vegetables such as your wheat, corn, potatoes, um, things like your rice, peas, uh, your legumes, sweet potatoes. So they all have starch in them and sometimes it's the starch that causes the issue so unrefined starches are things like your potato or your rice so these have less fiber than say um, some of your other starches like your cruciferous vegetables which have a lot more fiber in them like your broccoli um, so these unrefined starches like potato and rice can cause constipation in some people but not everyone I find some clients these starches work really well um, and other people they cause constipation so everyone is different because on the same token fiber rich foods are also not your stomach's best friend so it's really tricky when you've got gut issues going on uh, to identify what carbohydrates you can and can't eat because some people react to a whole range of fruits which can be high in FODMAPs some people react to a whole range of those really fibrous rich vegetables like your broccoli and cauliflower, which again can be a FODMAPs issue because of all that fibers in them. And they actually do really well with uh, potato and rice, just simple starches, uh, whereas other people increase their potato and rice and get bloated. So again, that's why in the Gut Health Solution, I'm really passionate about women jotting down what they're eating and what their reactions to the foods are, because otherwise you just don't know. You're constantly guessing and you're trying to get to the root cause of it, but you don't even, you, you don't even have a base idea of what's going on. So Generally, something like rice is, is actually very easy to digest. So because it's easy to digest and it's a very low allergenetic food, um, it can be great for some people, but like I said, it can trigger others. So 
I would actually more be thinking about FODMAPs um, because this group of carbohydrates can ferment in the digestive system. So causing symptoms such as, you know, your gas, your constipation, your diarrhea. So carbs are complex and um, avoid the pun there, <laughs> complex carbs, but um, you need to figure out what works for you because like I said, like unrefined starches work for some people. So when I'm talking about carbohydrates here, I am talking about your fruits, your veggies, those, like I said, those unrefined ones, not so much your cereals or your crackers or your biscuits or those kind of carbohydrates because we know that a lot of them have a lot of additives or a lot of, a lot of other ingredients so it's actually really hard to find what the trigger is if we are you know using them as our sort of baseline as to whether we react to carbs or not so think about this think it have a look on the monash university app about fodmaps then have a look at you know um how high in fiber they are and then sort of play around with it and see have a week of having you know a little bit less broccoli and a little bit less fodmap foods and see how your digestion reacts less onion less garlic and have a week with a little bit more rice and a little bit more potato and and see how you go so what fibers can be helpful then if we're going oh sheridan it's all so complicated um sounds like i'm reacting to rice and potato and all those fibrous great veggies i don't know what to be eating well here are some of my favorite things so fibers that i do like usually i say that raw vegetables are the hardest to digest so all those fibers but carrots and actually an exception to the rule and get my words out uh, because they are a root vegetable so that I have grown underground so they often we see that they um, have to resist bacterial growths while growing underground so Ray Peet is someone who I've been looking into lately um, as I'm working with a few different mentors and different things and his name has repeatedly come up a lot and I've been looking into some of his research and he talks about carrots um, being antimicrobial so I've always loved using them for the fiber and getting women to poop but also for binding up ex excess estrogen um, but it seems like from his research as well that because these roots like I said they resist those bacterial overgrowths they can be really good for SIBO or bacterial overgrowths because the indigestible fibers in them not only um, speeds up transit time like I said and can bind to excess estrogen um, it also can work as an endotoxin to you know absorb bacterial waste um, and fermenting matter pulling them out of the system um, and yeah helping you have a bowel movement and basically push that excess bacteria out as well so it's super super interesting and I would love for you to try to add in either two raw carrots a day or you can do Ray Pete's salad where he shreds carrots with coconut oil and vinegar and a bit of salt to taste um, send me a DM on Instagram if you want to get the full recipe otherwise if you're in the gut health solution that will come up this week as well um, and it acts like a sponge along the digestive tract so just removing the excess estrogen and endotoxins so those vegetables that grow above ground so carrots potatoes or underground but those that grow above ground so like those cruciferous vegetables like your broccoli and kale and things uh, can be like I said really hard to digest for those with GI disorders so because they can have anti-nutrient plant toxins and gut irritating effects the 
they are harder on your gut whereas those indigestible fibers in carrots and other roots restores that um, function so even for injured guts raw carrots or that carrot salad which has that coconut oil and vinegar which helps to balance your blood sugar levels then if you're going to have raw carrots make sure you just have them with a little bit of fat and protein um, which is why i love this shredded carrot salad because it's got that coconut oil and a bit of vinegar super easy um, and yeah makes it a little bit tasty as well some other forms of fiber i like so cooking mushrooms um, again ray p talks about cooking mushrooms for two to three hours so that um, we get a lot of the benefits out of them but i like yeah cooking them up either um, for a couple hours and then just those button mushrooms slicing them up and then i will drain the liquid and actually just drink it for a broth um, but then use the mushrooms in other cooking so you can pop them in omelets uh, you can pop them in any recipes you like Cooked fruit, like stewed apples, for example, are quite easy to digest as well. Um, very, yeah, great, yummy too. Um, roast pumpkin and par parsnip, for example. So they're an example of a carbohydrate, but are less starchy compared to, say, your potato, your white potato or your rice. So they're a really good option as well. They will be lower in calories and lower in carbohydrates than something like potato, white potato so they might be a really good option um, if you find that the potato or the rice aggravates your gut go for something like um, roast pumpkin parsnip if you eat a lot of sourdough like i do reducing your sourdough content could be helpful as well so again reducing some of that starch content kiwi fruits are a really good source of carbohydrates i find especially for women who do find to be a bit constipated they can help keep you regular sometimes chia seeds and psyllium husk can be helpful as well again it varies for everyone some people find they are too hard and they'll react to them other people find they really help keep them regular so you always got to ask is it the fiber like do i just need to increase my fiber or is there actually an underlying issue what is causing the constipation and what's causing the digestion issues now the other thing is our calorie intake so if you're not eating enough calories so if you don't give your body the energy and nutrients it needs it struggles to perform you know critical functions like a bowel movement and everything slows down so i know some a lot of my listeners don't track their calories so some of you do um and when we're tracking calories it depends so there's different reasons why I encourage women to track calories. Usually it's because they're under eating and they're missing a period. So then we want to get you up to that 2,500 calories a day. Um, but, you know, if you're an active female or even any female, you're looking at minimum around that 2,000 calories per day anyway. And so often we under eat. Now, if you don't track calories, because I know a lot of you that's a trigger as well, and if you're like me and you come from a restrictive eating background, then it can be really triggering because you get really obsessive about it, which um, I definitely do. But I needed to track my calories to get my period back because I was a classic under eater and I wasn't eating enough carbohydrates to have my period. Enough fats, enough protein, heaps of protein, way too much protein. Um, but not enough actual um, calories, sorry, um, carbohydrates in my diet. Um, 
so yeah aiming for that around that 2000 plus per day again the macro split between protein carbohydrates and fats will vary from person to person um, depending on your goals but usually we just sort of start with a protein base of around that sort of um, well I aim for around two grams per kilo of body weight but that could be uh, sorry get my words out that will vary and that will be a lot less for some years some will be closer to you know around 1 to 1.5 some of you closer to that two grams per kilo of body weight um, so just kind of depending on your energy levels and things there's some really great um, people I follow on Instagram like Libby Westcomb who have some really good information on that so again just send me a DM on Instagram and I'll point you in the right direction for someone who specializes in that area um, the other thing is yeah, having enough calories, like I said, to make sure you can actually have a proper bowel movement. When I was under eating, I struggled with constipation a lot. And now I've got to go, well, what was that? Was that the lack of fiber? Was it the lack of food? I did have severe bacterial overgrowth. I did have yeast and candida as well. So that definitely played a role. I had really low good gut flora. So that played a role as well. But we can't just look at them in isolation. You also need to look at how much am I eating? Am I eating enough? And am I eating enough of the right foods? So am I eating enough easy to digest foods to, you know, to take that stress of your digestive system? Um, you know, things like your bone broth, your rice or in season fruits, your gelatin. So also enough of the right fats. So those saturated fats like your butter, your ghee and your coconut oil. Again, if you're not eating enough fats, you're going to struggle to have regular bowel movements too because your body needs that. So... Constipation, yeah, can often be a metabolic issue. So your your thyroid's under functioning. There's a lot of women who have poor thyroid function under a lot of stress, and then eating a low calorie diet, where your body then down regulates things to conserve energy. So including digestion um, and bowel movements, it'll down regulate them. So then you've got a slower uh, metabolism because you're putting your body under a lot of stress. So this can be one kind of thing that can cause a constipation like i said um, often women with poor thyroid issues they see the hair falling out um, dry skin fatigue and then constipation as well so you need to you do need to look at um, what's going on with the gut is there severe gut issues um, which i really specialize in but also we do need to touch on those other areas how many calories are you eating what type of calories are you eating um, are you eating enough carbs and are you eating enough fat because they are really really important for constipation as well so there are a few things that can help you have those regular bowel movements because we want you to be having one to three bowel movements a day. So things like the herb cascara can be really good. Um, otherwise, magnesium citrate and vitamin C in combination can really help. Or there are probiotic strains that I love to use to help get rid of um, toxins and estrogens and just keep those bowel moving moving um, each day as well so because when you're constipated we know we get a build up of things um, and you know if your body can't get rid of toxins excess estrogen if you're not pooping regularly so we don't want your body reabsorbing these toxins which can lead to a lot more issues um, again eating regularly eating enough and keeping those blood sugars balanced which is something I really really focus on in the gut health solution because we want to keep that cortisol which is your stress hormone we want to keep that low we want to keep those blood sugar balanced 
and we want to make sure you're producing enough bile to break down your um, fats, enough digestive enzymes to break down your foods properly. Because if you're not breaking down your foods, how are you going to absorb those nutrients? How are you going to get energy? And how are you going to feel good? So a lot to unpack there, but in the long run, um, when you're trying to prevent bloating, constipation, uh, you really need to think about, yes, Yes, enough fiber, yes, enough water, yes, enough exercise. But generally, the women I see or who reach out to me, that is not the issue. Your diets usually are pretty good. Generally, you're drinking enough water on most days. Um, and most of you are exercising as well. So it usually goes beyond that. Um, a lot of you are really busy. Uh, on top of that, you know, you're juggling a lot of things. So that can be really tricky as well. And when you do have bloating constipation, it can really um, debilitate your lifestyle as well. So think about the types of food you're eating, how regular you're eating. Are you eating protein, carbs and fats together? Maybe in, add in some of those fiber tips like the carrots or the mushrooms um, and to see if that helps you as well. But otherwise, I would be going, okay, what's the root cause of this? Is it poor thyroid function? And why is my thyroid function for uh, slow? Sorry, what is it for? Why is it slow? Okay, so is that because I'm not eating enough? Am I not eating enough easy to digest foods? So to give my body enough glucose, enough energy, um, am I exercising You know, enough? Am I walking or just doing that incidental exercise each day? So think about some of those things and go, okay, otherwise you've got to think about getting a stool test done and going, okay, is there bacteria, is there yeast, is there parasites, are there other things going on or is it at the moment poor diet, stress, under eating, skipping meals, having coffee when I shouldn't be having coffee, all those kind of things that are just leading you in a bit of a toxic circle. So. I hope that was helpful. Um, I hope you learned something today. Again, please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to. Please rate and leave me a review. I would be so, so appreciative. Uh, otherwise, please reach out on Instagram. Send me a DM if there's something that you liked about the podcast or you've got more questions on or you want to get in contact with some of those other women I've mentioned throughout the podcast. Uh, yeah, otherwise, let's kick off season three. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, please leave me a cheeky review. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking. Let's get women talking.